Welcome to a podcast of Torrent RSSDIT TV organized by Dr. Prakash Keshwani, Dr. Banshee Sabu, and Dr. K. Gaparika Jaipur. This podcast is brought to you by the rightdoctors.com digital knowledge partner to the event. Hello everyone. This is Dr. Rakesh Sahai from uh, Usmania Medical College in Hyderabad. Uh, I am professor and head of department of endocrinology there. Uh, I have been part of the RSSDI executive committee and this year the RSSDI along with the Endocrine Society of India worked on uh, coming out with the therapeutic uh, guidelines for the management of type 2 diabetes. So this is a uh, uh, lot of members of the Endocrine Society and the RSSDI sat together and uh, brought out this uh, guideline and one of the highlights of this is the therapeutic wheel because today we know that when you are managing our patients with diabetes we have several different options available, several different medications available for managing our patients with diabetes. So the first thing that we look at when we are uh, dealing with a patient with type 2 diabetes is to advise on lifestyle changes and along with that we start with metformin and then if we are able to achieve the glycemic goal then we continue with that but many of our patients are not managed with just metformin alone and at that point of time what do we use is the major question that comes to our mind. And here now in the, we have several different options available. We have uh, several different classes of drugs available. Do we use the sulfonylureas or do we use the glitazones? Do we use uh, SGLT2 inhibitors or do we use DPP4 inhibitors, the GLP1 analogs or insulin? So all these options are there. And uh, how do we decide as to which drug fits a particular patient? Because our choice has to be individualized based on several characteristics of this patient. So all these together have been put together, all these complicated issues have been put together in, in the form of a wheel that's called the RSSDI therapeutic wheel. So I would urge all of you to look at this wheel and this will help you in deciding which medication should come after metformin. And I would just highlight that, you know, this wheel has got several different uh, groups which are put together, uh, A, B, C, D, right up to going up to H. And A here stands for age of the patient, the lesser the age of the patient, the more, ag more aggressive you are and the more you are use different sort of medications. When you're dealing with older patients, you use different uh, type of um, medications. So the A is in the center, I mean the younger patient is near the, nearer the center of the wheel and the older patient is away from the center. And then you, then you go to the next one which is BMI, that is the weight of the patient going from lower to higher weight which are the agents which we use, choose because we know that clearly that some of the agents are, are weight, weight uh, uh, friendly that is if you look at the GLP-1 analogs or the uh, SGLT2 inhibitors they are particularly helpful in weight reduction and those come towards the outer part of the circle and the ones which increase the weight that is if you look at sulfonylureas or glitazones they would come in patients who are who are having lower weight and where weight is not an issue, you would choose those agents. Whereas where weight is an issue, you will choose the more weight friendly drugs. And then the sec next one is the C, uh, the C, C stands for CKD. Presence of CKD uh, is also an important issue in deciding which form of therapy is better for a person, a person as compared to uh, the one which is uh, more suitable when CKD is not there. So there are drugs like the DPP-4 inhibitors which are uh, which are particularly good for patients uh, even with CKD. 
particularly in some of the, uh, uh, even in, in amongst the uh, DPP4 inhibitors, you have renagliptin, which does not have a renal excretion and that is particularly suitable for patients with seek a more advanced CKD. While with better renal function, as you come closer to the circle, closer to the center of the circle, you have better renal function and there you have uh, drugs which are, uh, are, are uh, useful, uh, particularly when the renal function is higher. So, when you are looking at uh, SUs or when you are looking at uh, uh, other drugs, you are using it more in patients who have got good renal function and as the renal function declines, you use different agents. And then you go to D, D is the duration of disease, duration of disease, lesser duration of disease, you prefer different drugs, more duration of disease with other comorbidities, then you need to, uh, your choice may change a little bit. E then stands for the uh, established cardiovascular disease, F stands for the finances, and G stands for glycemic con uh, control and D stands for, um, uh, sorry, H uh, stands for hypoglycemia, risk of hypoglycemia. So, as we know that in patients who are at risk of hypoglycemia, use of drugs which can cause hypoglycemia, that is insulin or sulfonylureas can actually uh, sometimes trigger off cardiovascular events also. So, therefore, you have to be careful with the drugs which can cause hypoglycemia, which increase the risk for hypoglycemia and use more uh, uh, hypoglycemia safe drugs like use uh, either GLP-1 analogs or use uh, SGLT2 inhibitors or DPP-4 inhibitors which are less likely to cause hypoglycemia. So, this is how you could use this wheel and deciding which form of therapy suits the person best. So, sulfonylureas are the ones, particularly the modern sulfonylureas are particularly useful in patients who have got a, a who have a higher HbA1c and who are uh, lower in age have less of other comorbidities. In such situations, you may use that. The glitter zones are particularly useful in, again in younger patients where you have, um, uh, where you do, do not have heart failure and where, uh, where, where, where uh, weight is again not an issue. So, in such patients, you would choose glitter zones. They are very good agents because they have a very durable glycemic control. And then coming to the other drugs like the DPP-4 inhibitors, they are, they are ones which can be used in a vast majority of our patients without actually thinking too much. So, they, they are, but the concerns that you need to keep in mind is that they could uh, cause pancreatitis in a small group of patients, very small group of patients. So, if anybody has pancreatitis, then you uh, avoid the, uh, the DPP-4 inhibitors, but otherwise they are, they are safe in a vast majority of patients, even in the elderly patients and even though those patients who have got a compromise in renal function, you could uh, use them with uh, with adequate information about reducing dose in some of them and in some of them you could just continue with with the with the medications glp1 analogs the cost is a major issue but again they bring down the weight nausea can be issue initially but they are particularly useful in the overweight or obese individuals uh, with with type 2 diabetes and then you have insulin which is definitely required, which is particularly uh, noted for its uh, glycemic efficacy. Whatever the HbA1c level you're starting off with, you can bring it down with the use of insulin. Thank you. You were listening to a podcast of Torrent RSSDITV organized by Dr. Prakash Kashwani, Dr. Banshi Sabu, and Dr. K. Gapa Rekajaipur. This podcast is brought to you by the rightdoctors.com digital knowledge partner to the event. We bring insights from the world's best medical minds to audiences worldwide. The Right Doctors is a Google Launchpad digital health startup and is a knowledge partner of choice for medical conferences, CME, specialty journals and scientific events from the field of medicine. 
If you like this podcast, share it with your friends and visit our website www.therightdoctors.com.